This is the Visit the Zoo podcast. Today we hear about the red kneed tarantula and a lot more. everybody to the visit to the zoo podcast and i am your host frederick fishman and i am the author of the 12 book 120 animal visit the zoo series of books ebooks audiobooks print books dvd and this podcast and when you have the opportunity you may want to check out our websites too the main website for the podcast is zoo animals and that's plural zooanimals.info zooanimals.info and my author website is Frederick Fishman that's spelled F-I-C-H-M-A-N FrederickFishman.com and we have two crowdfunding sites that I hope that you can check out too and consider donating to what we do here at Visit the Zoo the first one is at Patreon at Patreon.com it's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Visit the Zoo and the second crowdfunding site is GoFundMe Dot com. That's gofundme.com forward slash visit dash the dash zoo dash podcast. And of course, we've got merchandise that we sell here. If you want to take a look at some of the great animal photos, and we've just added, by the way, the top 25 dog breeds in America, the top 25. That is now up on the Amazon merch site. And to get to any one of those sites, either on Amazon or Zazzle, just go to zooanimals.info. Click on the tab at the top right that says Zooswear on Amazon or Zooswear Zazzle. If you want to go directly to the Amazon site to check out those top 25 dog breeds, when you open up the Amazon site, just go to the zoos, excuse me, just go to the search bar and type in Zooswear. That's spelled Z-O-O-Z-W-E-A-R. And don't forget, we now have this podcast up on Amazon Alexa, the Echo device that sits on your desk, voice actuated. And all you have to do with Alexa to get the podcast is just, uh, of course, have it on and just say, Alexa, play Animals Podcast, open Animals Podcast, or start Animals Podcast. That's all you've got to do. Just say, Alexa, play Animals Podcast. Let's say we get started. start with the news of the day and we're going to concentrate on one article today this is from the garden city telegram from garden city kansas and i got to tell you a little bit about garden city kansas since i was born in kansas and grew up in kansas i know a little bit about it and i can tell you garden city is in the far western part southwestern part of the state about 50 or 60 miles from the colorado border the city of garden city has about 27,000 people in it and it's in a topography that is flat as a pancake it's like if you were an ant living on a tabletop it really is featureless windblown gets very cold in the wintertime it's amazing but they have a, a zoo there and it sounds like it's a wonderful zoo in garden city a city of 27,000 article here was posted not not too long ago and it said that uh, last weekend the lee richardson zoo was the home to the tumbleweed festival showcasing a wide array of musical performances this event draws a crowd each year and fills the west green of the zoo with guests eager to hear performances while some may believe that musical acts in the zoo are limited 
limited special events. There are performances every day at the zoo if you know when to visit and if you are open to a wide range of melodious sounds. And of course, those are the sounds of the animals. The Indian Saras crane is known for the unison calling performed between mated pairs. Another recognizable call at the zoo is the Siamang duet. The Siamang is a type of primate native to Sumatra and Malaysia, and they have amazing vocal abilities. Also, was thinking about this as I was reading this article. I was thinking, well, you know, they've got a zoo there. What happens in the wintertime? They have approximately 250 animals in that zoo. That includes tropical birds, African lions. In the wintertime, it can get very cold. In December or January February, it, the high may get up to 45, but often just stays below freezing for sure. And the low gets to be 16, 17, sometimes zero at night. And how do you take care of all these animals in the wintertime? Birds, for example, in the aviary, they have to go to winter quarters. But the big cats, like the lions, they they have heated barns that they can stay in, but they seem to like to play in the snow. And you've got animals there that are considered to be temperate zone animals, like the African lion or the Asian wild horse or the camel is there. They have bobcats, a black rhino, a giraffes, jaguar kangaroo. So I kind of dug around a little bit and I found an article about how they take care of these animals. And I would suspect that this probably goes across the board with all zoos around the world. What happens when it turns to winter as it's about to? And how do they take care of the animals? This is an article that was written about five years ago from the Topeka Capital Journal. And it's and it said, winners at the doorstep and workers at the Lee Richardson Zoo in Garden City are ready to meet the cold weather needs of more than 250 animals from tropical birds and African lions to pandas and snow leopards. Preparations began in September as staff checked to make sure heaters were functioning, vents were closed, windows and doors didn't let in drafts. Zoo director Kathy Sexton told the Garden City Telegram. Critical to many animals, well-being is ensuring that they have a choice of either remaining inside their barns or venturing out into the chilly air if they wish. For those animals, the zoo puts straw bales in the yards to provide added protection, especially from the wind. It just gives an added sense of letting them be where they want to be, but not letting them freeze to death. Giraffes, elephants, and tropical birds will need to move or provide an easy access in and out of their barn as weather allows. But with the birds in the aviary, we we had to physically catch them and move them into a winter holding area where they are safe regardless of what the weather does. Giraffes and elephants sometimes do go outside in the winter, but specific criteria like temperature, windshield, and type of precipitation must be met before allowing it. Otherwise, there's a good chance of slipping and falling, which means injuries, of course. Animal keeper Sarah Namizic said preparing the zoo's cats for winter normally involves providing heaters in their barns. But the zoo's African lions, despite being warm weather cats, love being outside when it's cold, even if it's snowing. They actually really like it when it snows. They come out and play in it. And that's a little bit about how they take care of the animals at the Lee Richardson Zoo in Garden City, Kansas. And we come now to our mystery animal sounds of this episode. And we're going to play one for you today. So let's start with the sound from this animal.
Okay, now let me play another sound from the same animal. And later on in this episode, I'll tell you a little bit about what you just heard. We come now to the animal description segment, and I'm going to play you a portion of book number three, volume number three from the 12 book Visit the Zoo series. This is an audio book clip that I've lifted out, and a little bit about the red kneed tarantula. Volume three, chapter five. Just the word tarantula can send a shiver up your spine, so we have to go back and look at this thing before we move on. The red knee tarantula is not a small spider with his four-inch body and a diameter with legs that extend out to six inches. They make their homes on hillsides or gentle slopes in the Sierra Madre del Sur and Sierra Madre Occidental Mountains of Mexico. Curiously, they molt or climb out of old skin to newer and larger skin as they grow. They can live 25 years It is hard to imagine having this guy living in your garage for 25 years. They stalk their prey, insects mainly, by lurking in the doorway of their burrows waiting for that prey to stumble by in front of them. They will snatch up the victim and drag the prey back into the safety and comfort of the burrow. They are slightly venomous, considered extremely docile, but repeated bites can cause allergic reactions. Let's just leave this spider alone and move to our next stop. Going back now to our mystery animal sound, let me play the first little clip about what this animal sounds like. second part of what this animal sounds like. I think you got the idea of what this animal might be if you are an observant person and you would know immediately this is the sound of a woodpecker. Woodpeckers are found around the world except in three places. In Australia, New Zealand, Madagascar strange that those three places happen to be islands, so I guess they didn't make it there. They're known for their characteristic behavior, that is pounding holes in wood, dead standing trees with their beaks to form nests in those trees. That pounding is also a form of communication as well. They've got human problems and have had for a long time because sometimes they will attempt to do that pounding into somebody's house or barn or or row of trees in their front yard that they don't want made holes of. But they are voracious insect eaters, which is a behavior that helps the scale when it comes to human likability. They can range in size from 2.8 to 20 inches long, Depending upon the species, the 20-inch long, which is big, uh, is a great slatty woodpecker. Their feather coloration goes from drab to very colorful. And, of course, they have those incredibly strong bills to successfully drive those holes in those dead standing trees. Or your uncle's barn. So, that is the woodpecker. And, oh, by the way, there is one more sound of a woodpecker. (laughs) 
to our final segment now. And what we're going to do is either read a poem or give you some quotes. That's what we do most every single week here on the Visit the Zoo podcast. And I think what I'm going to do today is just read some quotes, quotes from famous people about the animal kingdom. This first quote comes from James Harriet, who was a British vet and a very famous writer about animals. And he lived from 1916 to 1995. If having a soul means being able to feel love and loyalty and gratitude, then animals are better off than a lot of humans. This next quote is from Anatole France, who was a French poet and writer. He lived from 1844 to 1924. Until one has loved an animal, a part of one's soul remains unawakened. Next quote is from Robert Louis Stevenson, who was a very famous Scottish poet and writer. He wrote Treasure Island, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and a few other famous novels. He lived from 1850 to 1894. You think those dogs will not be in heaven? I tell you, they will be there long before any of us. Next quote is from Henry Beston, who was an American writer and naturalist. He lived from 1888 to 1968. We patronize the animals for their incompleteness, for their tragic fate of having taken form so far below ourselves. And therein we err, and greatly err. For the animals should not be measured by man. In a world older and more complete than ours, they are more finished and complete, gifted with extensions of senses we have lost or never attained, living by voices we shall never hear. They are not brethren. They are not underlings. They are other nations, caught with ourselves in the net of life and time, fellow prisoners of the splendor and travail of earth. Next quote is from Alice Walker, who is a very famous American novelist and a poet and activist. She was born in 1944. The animals of the world exist for their own reasons. They were not made for humans any more than black people were made for white or women created for men. This next quote is from Mahatma Gandhi, who was an activist who helped his nation of India gain freedom from the British in the 1940s. He lived from 1869 to 1948. The greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. This next one is from Austrian-born Israeli philosopher Martin Buber. He lived from 1878 to 1965. An animal's eyes have the power to speak a great language. And our final quote was written by Walt Whitman, who was a very famous American poet and writer. He lived from 1819 to 1892. I think I could turn and live with the animals. They are so placid and self-contained. I stand and look at them long and long. They do not sweat and whine about their condition. They do not lie awake in the dark and weep for their sins. They do not make me sick discussing their duty to God. Not one is dissatisfied. Not one is determined with the mania of owning things. Not one kneels to another, nor his kind that lived thousands of years ago. Not one is responsible or industrious over the entire earth. And 
that is a wrap for today's Visit the Zoo in episode number 48. We hope that you will subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's iTunes or the 12-plus directory such as Spreaker, TuneIn, or Stitcher. And reminder again, our main website is at Zoo Animals plural, zooanimals.info, author site at Frederick Fishman, spelled F-I-C-H-M-A-N dot com, and our two crowdfunding sites at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash visit the zoo or gofundme.com slash visit dash the dash zoo dash podcast. And our podcast is now available on Amazon Echo Devices, Amazon Alexa, by invoking Alexa Play Animals Podcast, and that'll get you the podcast the same way as if you were listening on your computer or on your smartphone. And we have merchandise sites, and you can go to Zooswear on Amazon or Zooswear on Zazzle by going to zooanimals.info. We've just added the 25 top dog breeds, all those images up to the Amazon site. And if you go to Amazon.com directly, just type in in the search bar, Zooswear, Z-O-O-Z-W-E-A-R. And that main word will take you directly to our Zooswear store where you can take a look at those dog species. Again, thank you very much for joining me. I've had a great time doing this podcast. I love it. It's a lot of fun. So take care. Have a great week. And bye for now. 